Amen. Can you hear me? Good. Well, it's an, truly, truly an honor to be here. Thank God uh, for the opportunity. And also, thank you, Tom, and the leadership here at High Point. I mean, at High Point. At City Church. <laughs> at City Church. City Church. City Church. We love High Point, you know. Actually, it's because of the collaboration, you know. It's amazing the way that you guys have, uh, you know, been blessing us. And, you know, I consider Tom, you know, a friend. You know, he's, he's someone that I look up to, you know, when I'm making decisions, sometimes those hard decisions, I do talk to him. But really, I really appreciate the, um, all of you and your support. Many volunteers come from here to Lighthouse to help in what we're doing and really... Um, you are a big reason why we can be a light here in the community. So uh, thank you. Give yourself a hand because, you know, it's, it's beautiful and the collaboration that we have been doing. And I have the honor here today to have my wife, my amazing wife in the back and my two children. And they actually just come, they just came from Lighthouse because my wife had to lead worship there with the kids. So, so it's good to be here. But let's pray. This is the day that the Lord has made, so we will rejoice. But let's start with a prayer so that it will be Him leading us this morning. And Father God, we give you thanks. We give you the glory, Father. We declare that everything, everything is thanks to you. We are here today because you, in your mercy, you have allowed us to be here. Father, and just thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, that it will be you taking over. Father, we have a plan uh, I have my notes, Father, but I surrender to you, and I say, take over, Holy Spirit, and speak what you want to speak. Father, I pray that you will open our ears. I pray, Father, that you will give us hearts that are just desiring to be transformed, and that you give us a mind, Father, that is willing to be renewed so that we can be the church that you have called us to be. Father, I bless this church. I bless uh, the people that are watching online and the, that are sitting here, Father, and I just pray, Father, for a new revelation. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, Father, use me to, this morning. Amen. 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 And I, I, I was in my church. I tell everybody to repeat after me after I pray and before the message. So I want everybody to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Hallelujah. So, um, so this is the title of the message that I have today. <laughs> Wake up and do something. And I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to the church. Really, this is a, a message that the Lord gave me, a message that I've shared um, with others. And, and I just feel that this is, this is for the church. Not only city church, this is for the church in general. Uh, we're, we, we're in the midst of, of a season where we need the church to shine more than ever. And, and that prophetic word that was given uh, earlier today... I believe that it's, it's confirmation to the word, and I think the, mess, the, the prophetic word is confirming the message that I'm going to give you. My message is confirming the word that was given to you, so, so let's receive it. So speak, Lord. So wake up and do something. Wake up and do something. And let's go to the book of John, chapter 5. John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. This is the story um, that many of us have heard, and I'm going to use it for the really for the, the, the points of my message. And I'm going to be reading from the New uh, American Standard Bible. But I want you to pay attention to this story because I'm going to be dissecting it. I'm going to be looking at a lot of the different things and elements that we see in this story. John 5, verses 1 to 9. And it says, After this thing, there was the feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, 
There is a pool which in Hebrew is called Bethesda. Pay attention to that. Having five porticles, in these porticles laid a multitude of those who were sick, blind or paralyzed. Now a man was there who had been ill for 48 years. 38, I'm sorry, 38 years. Jesus, upon seeing this man laying there and knowing that he had already been in that condition for a long time, said to him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up. Pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately, the man became well, picked up his pallet, and began to walk. Now, it was a Sabbath on that day. So first, I want us to think about that name, Bethesda. You know, so he says that the pool where it was, it was called Bethesda. Bethesda actually means house of mercy. So that's what Bethesda means, house of mercy, and that's important for what I'm going to be sharing today. So what's going on here? Once in a while, an angel of God will come down to this pool and stir the waters of the pool. And the first person that got into the waters will, be, will, will get healed. So it is a picture of the church. To me, this is a picture of the church. Here we are in a house of mercy. You know, this is the place where we come to get encouragement. This is the place where we want to see the steering, the moving of God. This is the place where we come because we need healing. Uh, we're, we need uh, encouragement. We need, there's many things that we need. So we come to this house of mercy. We come here to seek mercy from God, to, to seek help. Like the pool of Bethesda, we congregate, we go to Bible studies, uh, because we want something from the Lord. We want to move from God, whatever it is. And it is good. You know, some in the church, and if we're honest, some are spiritual blind. Some are stuck. This man has, had been stuck for 38 years. And I don't know, you know, if, if when he was born, his family, his parents used to bring him to this pool, hoping for a miracle, hoping for a move of God. But here we have a picture of someone who is in the house of mercy... We can say someone who is in the church, in the place of blessing, involved in the studies, involved in the places where God is moving, and yet he's stuck. He's been laying in the same place. Nothing is happening. God is moving, but to him it seems that God is not moving in his life. And oftentimes we find ourselves in the church and maybe for a month, a week, two weeks, years, decades, and we're stuck. We're in a place where God is moving. Miracles are happening. And we're just the audience. We're hearing the testimonies. We're seeing what's happening. But nothing is happening in our lives. You know, and, 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 and it is good that we come here. It's good to come to the church. It's good to come to a place where we can be encouraged. Where we can find counseling. Where we can find a word that will give us hope for the rest of the week. The Bible says that actually it is the sick that need a hospital. And that's why we come here. If we are all healthy, if life is great, if everything is good, let's lock the doors. You know, we don't need to be here. But we come because we need each other. We need the mercy of the Lord. But there's an issue. There's something that I see in the church. And I'm not talking specifically city church. Again, this message is for the church in general. There's an issue here that God wants to address, especially in the season that we're living in. 
Because there are many Christians, there are many believers that are safe in the house of mercy and are laying down and they're stuck in their old ways. Nothing is changing and they are waiting for a move of God that never seems to reach them. They are comfortable. We have been sitting here and we're just comfortable. We're paralyzed, we're stuck, but we're just kind of here in the house of mercy. And God says, I want to do something. And we see in this story that this man has been there for decades. And he has a desire. I mean, that's why he's there. He's there because he wants to see something happen. He's there because he wants his life to change. He's there because he knows that there's something there that has the power, the supernatural power to change his life. So that's good. But we need more than just a desire. Because, you know, you're here today because you have a desire. You pray because you know you want something from God. You want things to change. But a desire is not good enough. We need more than just a desire because there's many people who have maybe, maybe been sitting in this place for decades with a desire, and yet they remain in the same condition as when they first arrived to this house of mercy. So why are we stuck? Why are we in this place of comfort and we cannot move? Well, the first thing that I see is that they are waiting on others. There are many believers. There are many in the church. And we are waiting on others to do something for us. Look at the question that Jesus asked. Jesus asked this man, do you want to be healed? Do you want to come out of that situation that you're in? Do you want to come out of that situation that has been stealing your joy, your victory, your future, your purpose? Do you want to come out of that place? And notice how the man did not say, yes, I do. He started to give excuses. Jesus came to the man in the house of mercy. He stopped, and Jesus says to him, do you want to come out of there? There's no one to take me there. There's no man to bring me to this place where the move of God is happening. The pastor hasn't called me. I want a move of God, but the pastor hasn't called me. I sent him a message, I sent him an email, I texted him, and he hasn't returned my call. I want the move of God, but he hasn't called me back. I want the move of God, I want my marriage to change, but my spouse, my spouse is not changing. She remains the same, nothing is happening at home. I tell her to come to the Bible studies, and she just doesn't want to come. So I want things to change in my life, but she's not helping here. I want things to happen in Madison. I want things to change. But we're in the middle of a, of a pandemic. The elections, the government, this and that. And we want something different. We want the move of God. But then we're focused on excuses. The man didn't even say yes. He started to give excuses. No one helps me. No one does this. No one does that. This man has been stuck for 38 years, and he's blaming others for the reason as to why he hasn't been touched by God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? He is in the house of mercy. 
God is moving. The waters are being steered. And yet he's looking at people to help him get healed. He's looking at others for his victory. He's looking at others for the shining. He's looking at others to do what we are supposed to be doing. And this is Jesus' answer. Jesus didn't say, well, let me, who's your pastor? Let me go and talk to him. Find out why he's not answering your call. And that's why you're stuck. Let me go and deal with your spouse. Oh, you live in Madison? Well, that's the problem. You know, Madison is too liberal. Jesus did not say that. Jesus did not focus on that. And this is what Jesus says to him. Get up! Rise! Do you want to move God? Get up! It's not about your spouse. It's not about your pastor. It's not about the church. It's not this. Get up. Get up. And I want you to look at the meaning of this word, get up. Because in the Greek, and, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but for this morning, this is how we're going to pronounce it. So get up in the Greek means egeiro. Jesus said to this man, egeiro. And listen to what it means. It means to awaken. Do you want things to change in your life? Ah, but this, but that, but that. Just wake up. Church, wake up. It means to awaken, to wake up. Waking those, it refers to waking those who are asleep. Jesus is coming to this man who is in the house of mercy, where God is doing something. He has been stuck in the same situation for years. And God is saying to him, you have been sleeping and it's time to wake up, church. But look at these definitions. This word also means to become attentive to one's dangerous position. Jesus went to this man. He's going to the church and he's saying, watch out. You don't want to remain in that same position. It also means to quit one's previous position. Here comes God and he sees What this man is living. God sees this man and he says, this is not the plan that I have for this man. God sees this church and he says, this is not the purpose that I have for this church. This is not how I want the church to function. This is not what I have chosen. My plans for this man are for good and not for evil. And yet we're giving excuses. We're stuck. And Jesus says, Position yourself in a place where something new can happen. But it is up to you. Come out of that comfort zone. Come out of giving excuses. Whatever the situation is, we need to come out of that place. We need to wake up. You know, we read those verses and we think it's just like, hey, you know, just get up. As in like, you know, I'm going to do a miracle. No, there was something deeper than this. You need to come out of this place of comfort, and you need to renew your mind. Your mindset needs to be different, or you're going to remain in the same place. Become attentive to one's dangerous position. You know, God is a God of time. God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, but we're living in new season. The revival that happened 100 years ago is not going to be the same thing. We don't need the revival in 2020. Praise God for what happened 100 years ago. Praise God for what happened two years ago. But we need something different 
for the season that we're living in today. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. But the seasons change. And we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. We cannot remain stuck on the blessings of yesterday, on the revelations of yesterday, because guess what? Yesterday revelations are not revelations anymore. We need a fresh new revelation for the season that we're living in today. And sometimes maybe you're not stuck in the negative sense, but you're stuck doing the same things that you have been doing for 20 years. As a church, maybe we've been doing the same things that we've been doing for generations because that's all we know. And we're in a different season. We are in a different season. Many of us, we, we've, we've never had church in the midst of a pandemic. And we don't do church the same way that we do it before. Things have changed. We cannot continue to be stuck on the things of yesterday, today. I have two teenagers and they're here. I cannot speak to my children the same way I spoke to them Three years ago, I have a 15-year-old and I have a 12-year-old. It doesn't work if I go to my 15-year-old and say, you're on time out. Go and stand there for 30 seconds. <laughs> I love him the same. I want to help him just the same. But things have to change. Why? Because he is at a different season in his life. You know how it is if you have teenagers. It's different. Things are different, and yet we want to continue doing the things of yesterday, and we're stuck so that God can do something today, and we're wondering, well, why isn't God moving? Why isn't God doing what, I'm, what he has said he was going to do? So God is saying, Marcio, Peter, Richard, Diego, whoever is here, wake up, get out of that place of comfort, because it is a dangerous place, and move into what I have for you today. Stop waiting on your spouse. Stop waiting on your pastor. Stop waiting on your boss. Listen to this one. Stop waiting on the vaccine. Stop waiting on the government. Get up, wake up, and be the church. Amen? Do you want a move of God? Then get up from, the, from where you are. Do you want healing? Then quit that previous position. Do you want to be victorious? Then get away from the dangerous place. And then God says, Jesus says, pick up your bed. So wake up, come out of that place because it's dangerous, and then pick up that bed. And this is very important because God is saying, take that thing that has you stuck and take authority over it. Take that thing that is keeping you down. Take that thing. Take that thing that is holding you down and take authority. You usually lay wherever the thing is laying. But now you're going to pick it up and you're going to say, now I'm going to control the situation. I'm not going to be listening to what you are telling me. And I'm not saying, like, let's be in denial. I'm saying, let's take authority over the situation that the enemy is bringing against us. So wake up. Change things. Pick up the bed and start walking. Start living in victory. Enough with that excuses. God is saying, wake up and do something, church. Wake up 
and do something. And walk. Start living by faith and not by sight. Start proclaiming the promises of God over your life and the life, and, and, and the life of authority that he has given you. Yes, there is a pandemic. But even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and evil, I will not fear. Why? Because you are with me. Yes, the fire is there. But I will not be burned. Yes, the waters are rising. But I will not be drowned. Yes, difficult situations will be formed against me. Yes, a pandemic is coming against me. Yes, difficulties are arising. But you know what? God is putting limits to what those things can do to you. Because God says a virus can rise against you, difficult situations can rise against you, a government can rise against you, a nation can come against you, but it will not prosper. Amen? That's what God is saying to us. Oh, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. My goodness, this, this is when the church should be shining the brightest. This is when the church should be the church. Listen to this. We are in the midst of a pandemic, and we have the healing power. There should be lines of people outside our churches coming to get healed. The economy is bad. Well, God has given us the power to create wealth. And where are we? We are afraid. We're scared, but the church, but it's like we cannot have services live. We have to do it online and this and that, and we have to wear a mask or this or the other. And God says, stop giving excuses. Wake up. Wake up, church. Pick up that thing. Take authority over and start living by faith. Live by faith, not by sight. Speak the things that you know that are true. There's a lot of facts around, but there's a lot of truth. And yeah, the fact is coronavirus is there. And yeah, the fact is that maybe the numbers are rising. Are rising. And yeah, the fact is this and the fact is that. But you know what? There is a truth that is above the facts. Amen? And I usually tell people, you know, yes, the fact is that 2 plus 2 is 4, and that makes sense, and, and whatever. But if God says 2 plus 2 is 77... Somehow, he'll make it 77. And you just have to believe it by faith and not by sight. And you can analyze it. And God is God. And he's outside of math. And he will make what he wants to be. And that's how we need to live. But we are waiting for God to move. And we see the move of God over there. We see the move of God over there. And praise God because in the Middle East, this is happening. And the church is growing. But what about us? And we're waiting for this move of God. But Jesus says to us, I am here. Here's the healer. Here's the Messiah. Here's the Christ. Asking this person who is in a tough situation, do you want a miracle? Do you want a healing? And the man starts giving excuses, and then he's talking about, I cannot get to the place where the move of God is. And Jesus is saying, I am the move of God. I am God, and I am before you. We are waiting for a move of God. God already moved. It is finished. He hangs on the cross, and he says, it is finished. Tatalastide. 
It is finished. It is done. I'm done. Yes, the enemy comes to steal and to rob and to destroy. And there's all these things. But Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy. Jesus came to destroy the work of the enemy. And then he said, I am done. He's done what? He's done destroying the works of the enemy. The enemy has been defeated. Dead, where is your sting? And that's, that's what our attitude should be. We are waiting for the move of God when God already moved. We are waiting for God to do something there, and God is here. God is here. It is not season. I was telling, you know, the group in the morning. It is not time to be in the upper room. It is, but it is not. We can be in the upper room praying, but not for the Holy Spirit to come because he already came. We can be in the, Holy, in, the, in the upper room just expecting more of God so that we can continue to do the things that we have been doing. But the power has already been released. The heavens are open. So young people, prophesied. Have visions, have dreams. Speak with authority. Because God already moved. And yet we're waiting for God to move. Maybe in 2021, after the pandemic. Because God is too busy right now dealing with the pandemic for a move of God right now. Amen? No. This is the season. We're waiting for God. This man is saying, I'm waiting. But by the time I get there, it's over. And yet, the power of the universe is before him. The move of God is before him. God is here doing something and we're just waiting for something else. I am here. I am. One of his names is I am. He's what? Well, what do you need? You need something in your marriage? Well, I am the answer. You need finances? Well, I am the answer. You need a touch from God? Well, I am God. You need Madison to change? Well, I am the solution. I am is here, ready to do the things that we have been praying to do. We're praying, God, do this, do this. And God says, I already did it. But you need to get up. Get up and enjoy. Get up and live. Get up and take authority. Because, you know, the enemy is a liar. That's the problem. The enemy is a liar. So the only way he can trap us, the only way that he can keep us down is by lying to us. And we believe the lie of the enemy and we're stuck. We're stuck. And then we notice that at the end, it says, and this was the Sabbath day. And that's important. I was praying, it's like, why, you know, why, why, what does this have to do with the story? Why do you put it there? And you know, the Sabbath day, if you read the Bible, if you read the Gospels, there were actually a lot of arguments about not doing something on the Sabbath, not, not doing healings in the Sabbath, not doing these. Uh, a lot of people came to Jesus, and they're, the, the Pharisees, and they were upset with Jesus because he was healing people on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do something on this day. This is not your season. And yet Jesus came and said, I do the things when I do the things. And you know, I believe Jesus was saying there, this is your day. There's a pandemic. I can still do something in the midst of a pandemic. Schools are closed. I can still do something when schools are closed. Only 25% can meet. I can still do something when only 25% can meet. This is your day. 
No, God, but it's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do something right now. God is telling us this is our season. City Church, this is your season. It's the season to do something. It is the season to change your marriage. It is the season to change your attitudes. It is the season to live by faith. It is the season to stand up and live in victory. And yes, I have this and I have that. And I see all of this around me. But God. If you go to my office, I have a big whiteboard. And I have written down, but God. And whenever I get an email and this is happening and that's happening, I just look at that thing and it says, but God. But the budget is not matching up. Well, but God. But they're closing Thanksgiving. But God. But they're closing this. But God. We're not on a break. God is not saying, you know, City Church, there's the pandemic and there's this, you know, order. So let's just convene again and like after December 16 or whatever it is. God is not saying that. This is your season. This is your day. This is your day to shine. And I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, verse 1 to 6. Some of my favorite verses. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 to 6. Because look at what God wants to do with you. Again, he says, arise and shine. Get out of that difficult place. Get out of that dangerous place. Get out of that thing that keeps you down and start doing something. That's what God says there. Arise and shine. That was the prophetic word. Arise and do something. Quit that previous position. Pick up that bed. Take authority and shine. Why? Not because the move will come. Because the light has already come. And this was written centuries ago. Thousands of years ago. Wake up, church, and do something. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Yes, coronavirus has risen upon us, but so has the glory of the Lord. And that's a lot higher than any virus. Amen? Yes, the difficult situations are before us, but guess what? So is the glory of God. You know that darkness surrenders before the glory of God? When the glory of God was in, in, in the hidden temple, the statues on the side fell down. It's almost like they were bowing down to the glory of God. As a matter of fact, the glory of God is a weight. It's, a, it's actually heavy. And he will destroy anything. So arise and do something, church, for your light has come. And now listen to what he says. For behold, darkness covers the earth, and deep darkness covers the people. Does it sound like the season that we're living in? God is saying, church, city church, my people, come on, you cannot be laying there anymore. You need to just come out of that. You need to rise up. You need to take, take a stand by faith. Speak it out. Even if the pain is there, declare healing in the name of Jesus. Come out of that place. Why? Because there's a lot of darkness around you. 
and I need someone to shine. And guess what? The answer is not a vaccine. The answer is not a president. The answer is not a government. The answer is you and I filled with the Holy Ghost. The answer is the church. So that's why he's telling us, arise and shine. Arise and do something. God is telling us that he needs us. And you're like, no, God is God. He doesn't need us. You know, when Jesus was going into Jerusalem, he sent who to his disciples to untie a donkey, to bring it to him so that he can ride on a donkey to fulfill the prophecy. And he said to the disciples, if someone asks you what you're doing, tell them that the master needs it. Well, guess what? Jesus is looking for a few donkeys to ride into Madison. Jesus is looking for a few donkeys that can carry his presence into Madison, Wisconsin, into Wisconsin, into this nation, into the nations of the world. He needs you. And he's sending me to tell you the master needs you, but not in that position. I'm here, Lord, lay here. Praying the same prayer that I prayed for 38 years. It's good. Continue to pray that. Continue to sing the songs from 20 years ago. They're good. But you know what? Expect the new songs. Because God is, is sending new songs. God is sending revelation. So matter of fact, today, tonight, you have a, a worship and waiting. What are you waiting for? You're waiting on something new. You're waiting on something new. You're just going to worship and wait for God to say something new. God's still speaking. So arise and shine. And now listen to what he says. Raise your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar and your daughters will be carried uh, on the hip. Then you will see and be radiant. And your heart will be thrilled and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. A multitude of camels will cover you. The young camels of Miriam and Ephah, all those from Shiva will come. They will bring gold and frankincense and proclaim good news of the praise of the Lord. God is bringing transformation. And you know what? Don't get mad at me. It's not about a government. It's about a church rising up. Prosperity. Rejoicing. All of that is going to come when the church rises up and starts shining. But we're laying here and we're hoping someone else does our job. Look at all the blessings that are coming. The things that we're praying for. Economic prosperity, the things that we're praying for, for the prodigals to come back, for people to get saved, for people to come back home to the feet of Jesus. Everything that we're praying for will come to us when we get up, when we stop giving excuses, when we get up and when we take authority and we start doing what God is calling us to do. Freely you have received. And now God says, and now freely you can give. He is the light of the world. He finished that prophetic word. I am the light of the world. Well, he's in you. 
You are the carriers of his presence. You are his priests. And again, sometimes I think about this, and it's almost funny, but it's sad at the same time. We're in the midst of a world pandemic, and we have healing powers. Think about that. Think about this. The nation is so divided on race, and we are ministers of reconciliation. I mean, are you getting what I'm saying? We are ministers of reconciliation. This is our season, church. This is our time. We should be at the forefront. Leaders should be coming to us for the answers for this nation and for the world because we are the answer, because we have the answer. God wants to manifest his powers through us. But he's not going to be able to do it if we're just laying here in a comfortable position, hoping for a revival that happened, you know, on Azusa Street hundreds of years ago. Because that's not going to work today. Because today is today. So praise God for that. So the church seems to live either giving thanks for the things of the future, of the past, and hoping we were back there, or hoping for something in the future. And what about today? So we look to the back or we look to the future. In the meantime, I'm just going to be laying here on my bed, hoping for a move of God. And God comes to us and he says, wake up. Wake up. And I'm not here to bring a message of condemnation. We should get excited. This is a message of like rejoice, church, because there's something that we can do. Rejoice because this is our season. This is our time. This is our time, church. I mean, in the midst of this situation that we're living, we can shine like we have never shined before. There's division. There's darkness. You know, when, when, when God gave us those words in Isaiah 60, they had just come out of exile. Things were dark. The city was in ruins. The temple is destroyed. Things look very, very dark. Lots of sadness. People have lost their joy. There was no hope. I mean, it sounds like the times that we're living in, in the midst of right now. And God did not say words like, well, you know, just hang in there. Hang in there, church, because it's almost over. That's not, that, that was not the message in the midst of the darkness. Jesus did not say, just hang in there. We'll come through. He says, arise. Wake up. Do something, because this is your season. This is your time. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what language you speak. This is the time for the church to make its mark. And my prayer is not that 30, 40, 50 years from now, people will talk about, you know, oh, remember that pandemic? I grew up in that pandemic. I pray that 40, 30, 50 years from now, people will say, there was an awakening that started in the worst season for the United States. There was an awakening. Amen? There was something special. A lot of people talk about like, oh, I can't wait for this year to be over. I, I, I'm praying that people will say, you know, it was in 2020 when I saw the miracle of God. It was in 2020 when I decided to just get up and my marriage has never been the same. 
It was in 2020 when I surrendered my life to Jesus and things have never been the same. I live in victory. The power of God is being manifested through me. And that's what God wants. Let me read this verse. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 in the message version. This is what it says. Get out of bed, Jerusalem. <laughs> that's actually what the translation says. Get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen over you. It's a beautiful verse, but it's also something for the church. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. Anybody has teenagers here? Have you tried to wake them up early to go to school in the morning? I mean, it's like first, it's like, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Then you're in the garage honking. But we need God is like, get up. Get up. Why? The bed is warm. I'm comfortable. Things are good here. That's good, but there's something better over there. You know, it might be snowing outside. There might be a storm outside. It might be raining outside. And the bed is very comfortable. But you're not going to accomplish anything in this place of comfort. Over here is where something is going to happen. Could it be that maybe this situation that we're living in is God shaking us up, trying to wake us up so that we can get out of these four walls and we can be the light where the darkness is? Sometimes I tell Lighthouse, and not just because of the name, but I'm like, it seems like for a long time we have been shining in the light. And it's time to go and be a lighthouse in the storm. I love Christmas lights, and I'm, I'm the guy that puts, I mean, I do the whole roof, and I do a line, and I, you know, I, I believe it's a disgrace if you just buy a machine that just kind of points the lights over there. <laughs> no, no shame in that, though. But, like, you know, I do all the lights, and I did it about a month, you know, a few weeks back because it was nice weather, and I turned them on, and, and, and they weren't going on. I was like, oh, no, you know, like all day doing lights, and they're not going on. They were going on. It's just that it was so bright out that I couldn't see that we're actually on. You know, so I'm, I'm kind of like putting my hands over there. Oh, yeah, this one is on. You know, this one is on. Because, you know, we, we need to shine where there's darkness. That's where we shine the best. And I want to finish with this verse. Let's go to um, Romans chapter 8, verse 19. And I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. Romans chapter 8, verse 19. And this is what the Lord says. This is actually what creation is saying. The entire universe is standing on tiptoes, yearning to see the unveil of God's glorious sons and daughters. Are you reading that? Creation. Creation is yearning. God is yearning. The angels are yearning. Everybody's like, oh, if the church could just get up. And shine. That's what the Bible says. Creation is standing on tiptoes, yearning to see the unveiling of a mighty army. Yearning to see a church that is standing up in power, in victory. Yeah, we're not perfect, but we can live a life that is full of God. Yeah, maybe I still have that pain here, but you know what? You can pray healing and people can still get healed. 
you know, and I finished with this. There was this, that he says, get up, pick up your bed and walk. And we might think, why did he have to pick up his bed? And I was thinking about that. You know, why not just get up and kick the bed and <laughs> goodbye and just start walking without it? Because, you know, the difficult situations that you're living with right now, if you get up, can become a testimony to others of what God can do. So in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of a situation, in the midst of what we're living up, we can get up and we can use that situation, that thing that holds us down as a testimony that God is still alive, that God has power, that God is doing amazing things. And yes, no shame in saying, yeah, my marriage was struggling, but you know what? I got out of that place. I took authority. I changed my mindset. I started following biblical principles. And you know what? My marriage is not perfect, but it's a lot better than what it used to be. And we can show. You know, I know that many of you, maybe you have been struggling. And you might say, you know, Pastor, you don't know what I've been dealing with. Because oftentimes, it's the situations that we're living on that are oftentimes are out of our control. And we say, yeah, but you're not, you're not going through what I'm going through, Pastor. I have this situation. I'm not allowed to do that, this, that. But God says, I see your situation. And in the midst of your situation, I say to you, get up and be the church that God is calling us to be. I'm going to ask the worship team to get up and do something. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray for us. And again, this message is for all of us. This is not just for one church, one congregation. This is God calling his people. And I'm actually going to ask you to stand up. Because God gave you a word today. He gave a prophetic word. God is speaking. And this message is just confirmation. And we need to be attentive. Because God is speaking to you. Yes, he's speaking to us as a church. But also he's speaking to you as an individual. Because God wants to deal with things in your own personal life. That keep you bound. That keep you slave. That keep you chained. The enemy is lying to you. You know that elephants, and I went to Thailand sometimes and I was reading, you know, when the elephants are just born, they, they tie them, they put a chain around them, and they keep them chained for many years. And then when the elephants get older, they let loose of the chain, but they leave something around their feet. And they think they're still chained, and they don't, they don't go anywhere. They're free. They're free to roam. And yet, they think they're stuck because they have believed a lie, because they have been stuck for decades. And I'm here to tell you, God has set you free. God has set you free. So arise and shine. And Father God, I just pray for every person that is here, God. I don't know what everybody's going through, but you do. And you are calling them to a new season. You are calling them to a new place. Father, I declare a new season for every parent here, for every child, for every young person. I declare a new season for the leadership in this church. I declare a new season for the ministry leaders. I declare a new season for the church in Madison, Wisconsin. 
Father, I declare in the name of Jesus that Madison will be known because he has an army who is doing amazing things for God. Father, I say forgive us if we're being too comfortable. Forgive us if we're just laying here. Forgive us if we're blaming others. Forgive us if we're waiting for others to do something so that we can start doing something. And help us, God. God has given you the tools. Right now, some of you are thinking, yeah, but, but nothing. God has given you what you need. He knows your situation. Listen to this. He knows your situation. He knows how difficult it is. He knows what you're going through. And it is you getting up and living a different life, living by faith, taking a stand that will change things around. Or you are waiting for the atmospheres to change. You are here to change the atmosphere. I heard someone that said, you know, we, we're not thermometers, we're thermostats. We should decide the, the temperature in this place. A, a thermometer just, the atmosphere is dark, we're dark. Is it cold, we're cold. It's warm, it's warm. But a thermostat changes the atmosphere. Is it too cold and you want it hot, then you turn the thermostat up. And that's what we are. And you know what God is saying? It's too cold in this world. And I need to turn you on so that my fire can start burning through you. Hallelujah. Do we want people that want to get up? Is there anyone here that wants to get up? Because this is your season. God bless you, City Church.